Daniel J. Cohen, president of Indivisible Houston. How are you doing this morning, my brother? Doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you on the show. I'm, I'm uh, hearing the new Pledge of Allegiance for the first time. So this is a, it's a magical Monday morning, bright and early. It's, Let's do this. Thing. It's a magical. Well, and it, look, you have Jack driving in, you know, an hour from uh, near Galveston coming into here. He always have great words. He has a lot of time to think on that drive, man, you know, so... <laughs> You know, we're just happy to have Brother Jack in the house with all his good wisdom as well. But anyway, let me let's first start here. Organically, people have been really talking about the issue of our district attorney and the values that uh, she seemed to not have represented appropriately for the county she has served. That's my start. Why don't you tell me a little bit of background and then what occurred over the last two weeks? Boy, a little bit of background. All right, I'll keep it as summarized as I can. So pretty much since around 2018, 2019, which is a couple years after the district attorney entered office, uh, she has been butting heads with different organizations. So when I say that, I'll just run it down quickly. Precinct chairs, precinct captains, activists, every criminal justice organization in the county that's that's uh, adjacent to Democratic Party values, LGBT uh, political caucus, uh, immigrants rights organizations, pretty much you name it, and she's butted heads with them. And it's not just the people who are in grassroots. It's not just the nonprofits and C3s and C4s, but it's also the elected officials out there uh, who are the major leaders of the Democratic Party. Uh, so this is a long time coming. Uh, as, as good as any organizer is, we're not magicians. You can't suddenly get everybody mad at someone or something like that and like manufacture a process. It has to be organic to some degree. And, uh, this has absolutely been organic. Um, what's happened over the last few weeks is, well, let's go back a little further, right? Late September, a story dropped in the Chronicle that detailed specifically the way that the district attorney weaponizes her office goes far beyond what the law requires whenever it benefits her politically let me let me stop you right there i need to stop you right there because all our audience are not as politically savvy as you are so explain what weaponization of an office means so basically it's when people who disagree with you when you when you have an opportunity to launch charges against people who disagree with you you not only launch those charges but you t- you go further uh than the law requires and you prosecute them harder than you would people who agree with you and i can give very clear details of two Please up and do. down cases so the district attorney claims to support misdemeanor cash bail reform she absolutely does not Whenever people say misdemeanor cash bail reform in this county, what they are talking about is the O'Donnell settlement. The University of Pennsylvania has released a study saying that the O'Donnell settlement has been extremely effective at reducing recidivism, reducing the amount of jail time people have, reducing t- cost to the taxpayer with no impact on public safety. If any impact, it's actually slightly positive, but there's no significant impact, statistically speaking. So what you're saying is that, uh, you know, when it comes to bail, just locking people up without bail, as opposed to letting them out on their recognizance if they are not violent offenders, it turns out that it th- th- what we've been hearing on TV by the news media trying to get us fearful about these judges letting people out uh, without bail, it has negative cons. I mean, the negative consequences that they are speaking about isn't really so. In fact, if you let out somebody that hasn't been tried yet, that isn't violent, 
They can still go to work. They can still take care of their families. They can still do all these things while they work, they wait. I mean, what happens a lot of times, Daniel, is people just talk about the bond issue, but they don't talk about what happens to real people as they interface with the criminal justice system. I just wanted to clarify that a bit. Please continue, sir. No, you're absolutely right. It's worse for, look, misdemeanor cash bail reform, the O'Donnell settlement is good for public safety. It's good for taxpayer dollars. And it keeps people safer. The DA's reports have scapegoated this system, uh, this this position. They've been shredded by actual attorneys. They've been shredded by former prosecutors from her office in droves, and they've been shredded by editorial boards, uh, major editorial boards, including the Chronicle editorial board. It's all a lie. Uh, she's completely fabricated it. Only the DA and the Houston Police Officers Union agree on that issue, and that's why it's a, it's such a key sticking issue because. Uh, that's the thing that that's where she has to defend her turf and play to the Crime Stoppers crowd. And even Crime Stoppers, by the way, has said misdemeanor cash bail reform is a positive development. Now they speak they speak in a very uh, a gray way about some of the details of it, but they have admitted as much. So that is the key issue upon which there's there's disagreement. Now here's where the weaponization comes. Yes, uh, before you go with the weaponization, I want to clarify something for our audience as well. Many times people ask. Why, why would she be doing that? Why would this, she and, let's say, the media and others be trying to tell you how bad it is to let people out on your recognizance? And somehow they become killers when they go out. It's because there is an industry that depends on pilfering people in jail so that they make a profit on human beings. It's a form of, I call it another form of, not so antiseptic slavery, but continue, please, my friend. You're absolutely right. The bail bond industry is something you can do a whole show on. These And these folks are extremely dirty. Uh, they put payment plans together. So you need to, they need to raise 10% of bond to be able to put things out, but they'll often front their own clients the 10% to begin with. So the whole thing is a racket. It's all dirty to begin with. Michael Kubosh is tied into the bail industry here in in, in uh Local Harris, Harris County politics sat on the city council. One of the biggest bail bond insurers in the whole country is right here in Harris County. One of the top 10 in the entire world is right here in Harris County. And a lot of times, just as they do in other corporations, just as they do in the rest of big insurance, they're able to slide away if somebody doesn't pay off their bond. They know how to stack the deck. They know how to make sure to hedge their bets. And these are the people, in fact, some of these folks have been giving money to the district attorney and to other politicians. So that's it. There is a money trail. I'm glad that you brought that up. Let's talk about the double standard, though, because I think that this is really important. So let's let's pick two cases so that we can put them side by side. Commissioner Rodney Ellis, the district attorney, uh, uh, goes at, uh, takes him to the grand jury over allegedly using funds to uh, misusing funds when it came to an African art exhibit. This is a juicy story for any of the racists out there because they get to point at it and say that a local black elected official is misusing funds related to African art. Right. So this is this is something that they can weaponize very easily in the press. All the details leaked to the press. So that's a very clear sign that she was going pretty hard in the after the commissioner. And in fact, in many cases, she will leak these details to the press. That's a very clear sign of weaponization. Now, once the verdict came down from the, the uh, grand jury, grand jury. It, was a, it was a no bill. Now, no bill means we didn't find anything. We don't need to indict anyone. That's the end of the ball game, et cetera. Even if someone is billed and indicted, it doesn't mean that they're guilty, to be clear. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it does mean if there's no bill, it means that there's no reason to even see whether or not they're guilty or innocent. 
Usually the district attorney, when issuing a no bill, puts a one sentence statement out that says, that's it. Ball game's over. We're going to keep moving on. If you look at the two no bills of the officers who, who murdered Jalen Randall, then you will find that the statement is very clear that, you know, we, we presented the evidence, nothing happened and we're moving on. There's no, she, there was no belly aching. There was no, there was no, uh, uh, you know, outrage at the injustice of the system. She just put a very clear no bill together. I need uh, to stop you right there because you, you just conflated two things. You brought up the incident with Jalen. Let's, let's finish with Rodney Ellis first sure. and say Rodney Ellis went ahead and the, after Rodney Ellis was no build, what occurred? Well, and let's and, and let me let me just say briefly, the reason I did that is to demonstrate that usually a no bill, even in an outrageous situation, in an unjust situation, is just a small mm -hmm. statement from the DA. But in the case of Rodney Ellis's no bill, she made sure to put a two page letter out that alleged civil penalties and sent it in an open letter form to the county attorney of Harris County, Christian Menifee, which is highly irregular. In fact, if you talk to lawyers out there, you don't see a DA ever doing this. This mm -hmm. is just a, it's a unique situation. And she made sure to put that letter out. And the only reason that you do that is because it's politically effective to do it. So that's a situation where she leaked the details to the media. She responded in a regular way to the grand jury, grand jury no bill, um, and did something that's, that's completely unheard of. Now, let me show you another case. There was a constable here in Harris County, and there were women who, who worked for the constable, uh, uh, female deputies, who alleged that he placed them in, and I quote, bachelor party style stings, and that they were exploited in those situations. And these women brought civil suit against this constable. And they said during the civil suit, they, they said when they brought the civil suit, we referred these charges to the district attorney. She referred it back to the constable for internal affairs investigation. Now, <laughs> it's very obvious to me if something similar had been going on at Commissioner Ellis's office or Sylvester Turner's office or Lena Hidalgo's office or any of the judges that she's primaried's office, that she would have gone really hard in the paint, leaked all of the details and released outrageous statements throughout the investigation. If she, had, if she had even a whiff of allegations that were similar to the ones that were headed toward that constable. But instead, she referred she not only didn't investigate, she referred it back to the constable for internal affairs. There's another constable. Another situation where she was in office and this constable also agrees with her on misdemeanor cash bail reform and that he is opposed to it. They're on the same side of the issue. And he weaponized his office during the day. He used his office, I should say, exploited his office by sending officers out to ask for campaign donations and, and, and to hold signs on the clock. Totally illegal, completely illegal. People are very careful about this. If you ask any county public employee, they're very careful about their timesheets and what when they're doing which activities and with which equipment, because it is a big no-no to do that. It was such a bad scandal, he lost his primary under shady circumstances. His campaign funds eventually disappeared and nobody knew where they were funneled or what happened. And no charges were ever brought, ever brought. It was extremely public. The DA could have easily gone after the constable. The DA could have easily leaked all the details of the case. She could have taken it all in front of the grand jury. There were three people later that were fired who, who filed wrongful termination suits against this constable. It's extremely clear that there are people in Harris County who could have been prosecuted that she took a pass on who are sitting public elected officials and she went extremely hard after people who are political enemies on much smaller paper level trials all the while complaining that she doesn't have the resources to go after violent crime and paying republicans and former republicans and people who are tight with republicans to do her dirty work now in fact she used in fact she used uh, a republican 
law firm to go after recently whom? Oh, not just a Republican law firm. Let me let me spell it out here. The general counsel, in other words, the top lawyer for the Texas Republican Party received $175,000 in your hard-earned taxpayer Harris County dollars solely to investigate County Judge Lena Hidalgo, in spite of the fact that the DA has eight public corruption officers on staff. She made sure to pay her friend three times the rate of any of these one public corruption officers she has on staff. And this friend was the top of the head of the Texas Republican Party's general counsel. And to add another wrinkle to it, this Texas Republican Party general counsel member that she hired, her husband donated to Kim Ogg's campaign. Now, if that's not dirty, I don't know what is. And to see all of these, to see all of the, the media coverage of Lena Hidalgo, of, of, uh, of Rodney Ellis, of Mayor Turner, the investigations of Daryl Jordan, the investigations of Franklin Bynum on character issues, and to see them skate on the fact that she has very clearly taken our hard-earned money and outsourced this job to someone who has every political interest in following through on it, is a shame. The media, the media needs to do do a little bit better. They need to make sure that they're covering this story. It needs to be in print. Well, that's why we have that is why we have independent media. And welcome aboard, Alistair Waters and Eric Hayes. That's why we have independent media. But let's go a little bit further. Yesterday, the DA appeared on Channel Eleven, and and after she appeared on Channel Eleven, she sent out an email blast to everybody uh, to say, "Check out this interview. Check out this interview." Not one question on these particular issues that we are speaking about here, which are more important than absolutely anything they spoke about on the Channel 11 interview. Uh, or, I'm oh, sorry, there's they, a chat on the Channel uh, 30. Was it? I think it was Channel... Newsmakers, right? It was Cambrell Marshall. Right, yeah, it was so Cambrell Marshall. Says, Not one end. question. No, he says at the end, you know, we go back 24 years and this was that this it was the biggest puff piece I've ever seen. It was a shame. It wasn't independent at all. And all the lies that she peddled on on that she peddles on misdemeanor cash bail reform. She peddled them on the air. It wasn't challenged. And it was a 10 minute interview. Let's see if Sean Sean Tears running against Kim Og. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting at this point. At some point, I'm sure I've interviewed meet. Sean Tear and he will tell you the whole story as is. I mean, uh, so he'll be here uh, sometime next week. Well, the you know, Cambrell ought to give him ten minutes is what I would think if you if you're fair, or at least somebody who's a critic of the or or an advocate or a nonprofit leader, somebody who's been critical of the district attorney to get the other side of the story. Ten minutes of media time, earned media time, cost millions of dollars to attain. You usually pay a PR firm a lot of money to get that. He just gift wrapped it right over to her. Well, ridiculous. And that's why the email went out immediately after the interview. It was packaged and ready to go. When we talk about the mainstream media often being, whether willful or not complicit with the establishment, some, some establishment political actors, this is what we're talking about. All right, Daniel, uh, you wanted to contrast uh, how sh uh, she handles no bills. No bills generally for police officers, no bills generally for Republicans or one sentence uh, statements. For the Rodney Ellis's, well, we don't have, we don't need to have a no bill for Hidalgo because she wasn't, you know, placed in front of the grand jury or anything like that. But she always tries to make a big issue out of it. And one of the things that that you'd notice with Kim Ag is they're generally uh, Democrats 
or minorities. It almost seems often that she's doing the job of what we see as representations of Republicans. When she went after a voter, she went after a voter that was, I think he was no build after the, 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 uh, the secretary, rather, after the state attorney general sent him to Montgomery County because he thought it was more favorable. He couldn't get a conviction in Montgomery County, and she brought it here in Harris County, that's, really that's attempting what, to show her bona fides to the Republicans. Hey, guys, I am going after black voters, man. Continue, please. No, that, that's a great case to talk about for a moment. So AUG defenders will say the law requires us to investigate voting irregularities. And that's actually true. But the law doesn't require you to take any evidence before a grand jury. You can just very easily show an investigation and throw it in the trash. And if anybody wants any information about that and say, well, you know, but that's irregular, who would do that? Every other major Democratic district attorney in, uh, in, for any county in the state of Texas acts that way. Every single other one of them acts differently than Kim Ogg does. She is out on a limb on her own. And in fact, in the case in the case of Mr. Rogers, Herbis Rogers, uh, she did not inform him that she was presenting information in front of a grand jury one way or another, which is rude. And she, he found out later on that it had been presented and thankfully no build. So he didn't have to go in front of a grand jury or get indicted or catch that as a surprise. So yes, she does, she does weaponize her office. She does use her office way beyond what the law requires when it benefits her. And she does seem but to go that, after black and Latino people more than white people. People are, that, but that is more, that act there, you know, and, and believe it or not, with all the things that you've that many have come up with, their their a list of articles. The reason that one should hit home to a whole lot of Houstonians is using the other to prove your bona fides to the Republican Party. In other words, that that fit classically with the voter issue, the false voter issue. Republicans would like you to see now. Again, if the attorney, if the state attorney general, who is a criminal himself, couldn't get the job done in Montgomery County, why the hell would she pick it up in Harris County? Please tell me. Because it's, it plays well to her base, which is Republican. There you Look, go. We found we discovered throughout this process, and you know, we haven't even gotten to the to what's been going on lately, right? But like, right. So let's talk about that for a moment. In late September, the weaponization, the, the an article came out from the Houston Chronicle. Jen Rice, who's a fair reporter, who you know pointed out a lot of this stuff and 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 just followed the paper trail and what had been happening and presented it, which of course you know angered the DA and angered all of her friends. At that point, that was a trigger for uh, a resolution from the Harris County Democratic Precinct Chairs. I'm the author of that resolution, but I'll tell you this, it was not hard to gather signatures for it because everybody has seen what's been going on over the last six years when it comes to the district attorney and everybody read the September article. And upon reading that article, then they knew exactly what we were talking about. And it was, it was was it's basically calling her out for two things. One is weaponizing her office. Two is being out of alignment with Democratic Party values. Now, since then, I just wanna briefly say, 
that the Rachel Hooper story about her hiring the top, top Texas Republican co general counsel lawyer broke later, as did the fact that she endorsed a Republican for the at-large three city council race, Twilight Carter. So whenever people say that we're being divisive by attacking a Democrat, just keep in mind that we're talking about a Democrat who endorses Republicans and pa pays taxpayer dollar to Republicans to investigate other Democrats. And that's why it's been such a grassroots uprising, because at every turn, she feeds into the fact that what we're saying is true. We're telling the truth. Everybody can see it. All of her behavior demonstrates it. And in each committee meeting, we see it over and over again. In the resolutions committee meeting where we needed to make sure that this passed, the vote was pretty tight. It was 10 to 9. But the public comment was not tight. It was 27 to 12. And these are some of the most active political activists and organizers and volunteers and staunchest allies of the Democratic Party in all of Harris County who are weighing now, what in. Did she call, what did she call you activists again? Or what did well, she called, one oh, of she, her she reps... Called, Insiders. Not her. Let, let's wait, wait, wait. Let's 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 be accurate. Yeah, sure. Her her proteges. What did her proteges call these folks? Well, they both. She said some bad stuff herself, right? But it, but one of her precinct chairs called us elites, and then she called us insiders and partisan extremists. Meanwhile, she's got four people who are on payroll advocating for her on the call, people who worked at the district attorney's office. And then in the next meeting that this resolution was tested, the steering committee meeting, Senator Carol Alvarado shows up to defend her, whose sister Yolanda Alvarado is on that committee and allegedly works with the DA. So, you know, if, if you want to talk about who's the real insider here, I mean, at every single turn, if I could use the cliche, Every accusation is a confession with this district attorney. When she points her finger and says something, that means that she's doing it every single time. And these people are getting paid six figures during the day and then sometimes 500 a month during the evening to campaign for her. It's a racket. It's clear. It's disgusting. I, it's corrupt. I want to I want to make an offer here as well, too, because we are we are two sided here. We don't only set one side. So this platform is open for everybody on all sides to come. There's only one caveat. We only speak the truth on this channel. And we we also probe on this channel. You're not gonna get it. Uh, folks don't get the kind of interview that we saw on channel 11 where absolutely nothing of consequence was probe. That is why, and, and to the listeners out there, that is why we need independent media. Because again, uh, when you have the media seemingly to be in bed with leading politicians, it doesn't serve the community well. When it, when we speak about Rogers, the voter who uh, came out, went ahead and took in front of the grand jury, that that political gain that she probably did get from Republicans saying, "Ah, this Democrat will go after." Black people at the vote machine, which is probably good for us, that had a material, a psychological effect, not only on Mr. Rogers, but it had a material effect on all people, all black people or Latino people or people of color who had a, somehow a presence with the criminal justice system. Just to be sure, they're going to think twice before they vote. Don't sit back and think, well, Egberto, that's just one incident. That one incident, because it was publicized as it was, means that it likely affected the voting base of many Democrats 
because they will say, I don't want to take the chance that this district attorney is going to indict me. So I'll just stay home. So let yeah. yeah, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second, Daniel. Oh, yeah. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you guys this. So anyone listening to my voice right now, to Daniel's voice right now, remember to tell all your brothers and sisters out there: do not be cowered by, or do not cower to what the establishment is doing to you. You go out there and vote. We will have your back, everybody. You go out there and vote. There is a very active activist community out here that will have your vote. Continue, please, Daniel. That's you're absolutely right. We're we're clearing 120 precinct chairs who've signed on the resolution. There have been several who have been signing on in the past few days. It's continuing to gain momentum and uh, at every single turn. And there are a lot of good people beyond the precinct chairs backing it up. I wanted to also tack on to this. The DA is the gatekeeper for the jails in Harris County. She says she doesn't oversee the jails and it's outside of her purview. That's untrue. Uh, if she weren't putting out BS reports on overcrowding for the jails, if she weren't making false claims to Cambrell Marshall and Click2 Houston about the over about what the overcrowding of the jails right now, then she could be able to slither away from that. But that's not true. There are very real world circumstances to this. Nia Hernandez, who spoke at the press conference before the CEC, her son is in the Harris County Jail, and there's absolutely no reason for him to be there. There was a mental health event that was, was taking place. He was arrested during that mental health event. And now he's going to be facing, uh, uh, you know, lo long pressure from the system and then eventually a trial for that. She could just drop the charge and he could return to his mother and that way they could be a family again and they could move on. Instead, they're doing this with our money and our name. They're incarcerating this young man. And that there's a lot more where it came from. We've had, I believe at this point, and don't quote me entirely on this, but you could look it up. I think it's 15 to eight, I think 15 or 18 deaths in the Harris County Jail for people who shouldn't have been there. There's one man who's in the Harris County Jail right now, stage four kidney cancer over a BS charge. And the irony of it is it's related to a firearm that he legally owned. So it's, I mean, this, this is, that it is unconscionable what the district attorney's office is doing. And it's unconscionable that they are lying about it and spreading propaganda to try to slither away from their responsibility as related to this direct harm. And that's why it matters whether or not people vote. A lot of times, you know, when we have the vote conversation, it's all about the presidential level. But what about your local district attorney? What about your judges? What about your state board of education member? What about your commissioners? These folks control people's lives. They control your local jails. They control whether or not people eventually are charged with felonies or misdemeanors of which they are actually or are actually not guilty. They control whether or not you're judged by a jury of your peers or by a racist jury. So, I mean, this is real world harm that is going on. I'm so glad that you called for people to get involved. I'm so glad that you pointed out that we have a growing grassroots army that will have the back of anybody who faces these issues, because that's the whole point is to, to make people's lives better and to achieve justice and equity in the system. Now, let me let me just say that uh, Daniel is with Indivisible Houston which can be reached at indivisiblehouston.org. That, that is one of our centers of democracy. You also know that we have uh, Neil Aquino, who's frequently on this program, uh, with the, uh, the Houston Democracy Project as well. What we believe in is democracy. Democracy for all, not democracy for the connected. Anyway, uh, Daniel, anything to close this segment before I go ahead and tell folks to start calling in? 
Uh, make sure that you pay attention to the story of the admonishment of the district attorney, Kim Ogg. If you'd like to show up to the CEC, the county executive committee meeting, it's going to be at the UH Student Center on uh, December 12th, I believe at 5.30 or 6 is the starting time. It's an open meeting. You don't have to be a precinct chair to attend. And uh, we're here to be a trans have a transparent, and open and, and fair debate. I want the people who are voting against us to make sure that their vote is counted on the floor of the CEC because I want to win this fair and square, just as we did in the resolutions committee and just as we did in the steering committee. So keep an eye on it. You're going to see this story continue, continue to move. And the, the other thing that we want to always ensure, folks, is accountability. As a radio host, I want to be accountable. As a radio host, a media host, I want to be accountable. I want to make sure that whatever I bring on air is fact-based. If at any time somebody thinks or implies that there is something here that needs correction, Daniel will tell you, all would tell you, I am always willing to come on air and elsewhere in blogs and say, I've made a mistake. But the one thing that we don't do is put false information out there. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.